This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season two, episode number nine. Buck O'Neill, the Cubs forgotten legend. Welcome to uh, a Sunday with Crowley and I, or whenever you are listening to our podcast. And we want to remind you, as always, don't forget to listen as you are now. Download it, review it, subscribe, and to fly the W podcast. Also, Crowley, want to mention that we can email the show, right? That's something that we encourage all of the listeners to do as well. That way to do that is fly the W670 at gmail.com. And don't forget the socials, fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, fly the W on Facebook. Crowley, before we get too into uh, episode number nine, um, I have a special countdown. You know how many days away it is till opening day, Crowley? How many days? 53. 53 days until the Cubs opening day. So uh, that does uh, that doesn't seem that far away right now, Crowley. You know, this, Dustin, is going to be my 23rd opening day uh, or Cubs home opener, however you want to put it. 23rd, um, 23rd Cubs home opener in the year 2023. And we just had uh, Michael Jordan yeah. Day earlier this week, 2-3-23, or Ryan Sandberg Day, 2 3 23 true fact though true fact in 2020 obviously everything got shut down and uh they had the the shortened 60 game season and so i'm freaking out i'm like oh my god there's going to be an opening day and i'm not going to be there and a friend of mine uh tom warman and another friend Stuart mcvicker and my buddy danny rocket we were lucky enough to get up on a rooftop uh overlooking for opening day so we that counts that counts that counts there's about 30 people total on all the rooftops. Like you could count them. And it was so eerie because it was so quiet, but they were playing the Milwaukee Brewers. And I had a lot of beer as one usually does on opening day. And Ryan Braun came up and I went on about a five minute heckling spree top (laughs) of my lungs. And it is echoing all throughout Lakeview. And and it's all about steroids and, and all sorts of things. And when he was, when he was UP, UPS deliveries and things like that, right? All sorts of things. And when, when all of a sudden that when, when they interviewed him after, after the home opener, he said, I still can't believe I got heckled when there's no fans in the stand. So that was, that was a very proud opening day moment, but I am focused right now there, there's countdowns. I'm about, uh, about what are we at? Uh, the, today is the fifth, sixth. I am about a month away from going out to Mesa. So I'm, I'm checking the weather reports. We are, you know, my group, uh, you know, the club 400 guys and, uh, you know, guys and gals, we're getting ready. So, uh, that's really where my focus is on, man. I cannot wait to get out the desert. Um, I got some friends that are out there taking a lot of great video and a lot of great pictures. 
uh, Rich Beasterfield and uh, John, my buddy John Antonoff. They're just taking tons of pictures and video out there, and it just makes me itching to get out there, man. I want to get out of this cold. I want to go out in the desert, and I want to watch some baseball. Yeah, good for you, Crowley. I'm, I'm envious. You're going to have a great time out there. Again, this is Season 2, Episode number 9. Buck O'Neill, the Cubs' forgotten legend, and as we uh, celebrate Black History Month, we're going to get into that a little bit in this podcast. But first, Crowley, we thought we'd start by talking about Jed Hoyer appearing on the show podcast with Odyssey Baseball Insider John Heyman and Joel Sherman, also of the New York Post. And he had some interesting things to say, of course, as usual, about the 2016 team and the current team as well. You know, I got to tell you, Dustin, I thought it was an interesting interview because it was the most I've ever heard um, from Jed reflecting about that time, you know, how that is. Uh, you know, that, that, that run that the Cubs, the magical run they had, especially 2015 to 2018, you can include 19 and 20, but you know, I don't know, um, 2015 to 2018, you looked at that, that was the prime years. And it was interesting to kind of hear what he had to say. You know, he was asked about the lessons that he learned and funny to hear Jed say he spent thousands and thousands of hours thinking about it. You know, why they didn't achieve thousands that and thousands. Success. I mean, think about that. That's crazy. Well, thousands I laughed because thousands. I probably have done the exact same thing, right? We all said, <laughs> we, we all, we all said at some point in time, man, that like, Oh, we don't want them to be the 85 bears, but you know, it, it's tough. You know, it is it, one thing Jed mentioned is that when the Cubs won the world series, fan graphs had put out some sort of report that the Cubs had the most talent under team control. And, you know, when you talk about Jed and Theo, they figured the Cubs would definitely be back in the world series, at least being in it, maybe not winning it, but having at least a couple trips. And I thought the same thing. I thought when the Cubs played the Indians in 2016, I thought these are two deeply talented teams. Remember, Cleveland was pretty nicked up back then. They had a couple injuries on their pitching staff. Michael Brantley was their center fielder. He was injured. I thought I thought both of the teams were going to return to the World Series. And, and I, I was, you know, looking at something similar to what Houston's done the last few years, and it didn't turn out, you know. And so when you talk about some – lessons that Jed learned, obviously it's really hard to win and the world series and that four year run was good, but the, there's a couple things that made things tough. Obviously winning the world series in Chicago was unique. There's no other team that could just say 108 years. How funny was it, Dustin, that like that Dodgers fans prior to 2020 were crying about having to wait 30 years to yeah, see a world years. series. Poor babies. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but, but I I think what Jed was kind of, you know, saying there is that winning, it was such, I mean, think about it. The fifth largest gathering in human history was that rally. It is just (laughs) such a unique set of circumstances that probably doesn't, it's just, it's a completely different story than anything else. Um, And the other thing he talked about were mistakes the front office has made. He was self-critical about that. Um, he was, you know, but one thing I forget, I think it was Sherman that said it, you know, is that if you, even if you think, take a look at this, right? If you take a look at the best run team, if you could argue about from 2010 till now, oh, let's say 2015 till now, let's say 2015 to now, the best run team would in all of baseball, you're either going to say the Astros, you're going to say the Dodgers, right? But think yeah, about the I, I Dodgers. Mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Think, think about yeah. that. One World Series. That's it. And that was a, that, and, and again, that's an asterisk on that. That's a, that's a, that was the 60 game season. You know what I mean? So 
it, it is hard to win the World Series. Now, Jed talked a little bit about extensions, working out extensions with the core. And Jed said he appro- they approached every player after that 2016 season, but it was a hard time to sign the guys. I mean, obviously, the Cubs, if you think about it, they, they you know, they weren't so- – they came early 2015. They kind of blew up out of nowhere, right? They almost four games away from the world series. And then all of a sudden 2016 teams, but I feel like that team arrived earlier than people expected and their success was earlier than people expected. So now they win the world series shockingly in 2016. And now Jed and Theo are going to come around, you know, trying to offer extensions. And I I laughed a little bit about what Jed said. He said they weren't in the mind space really for that because they were falling out of bed and making money on card shows and autograph signings, which was absolutely true. He said they were rock stars in the city. And if you remember, they were on every show. They were on Saturday Night Live. They were on Ellen. Uh, later on, David Ross, Dancing with the Stars. They were like, and I think uh, uh, Dexter Fowler just said it the other day in Marquee, they were like the Beatles. Right. It was like a year-long hangover, Crawley, basically. It was a it was a year-long hangover for that group. And, and understandably so. But right. uh I think that would be probably the the biggest regret is to not capture that and try to get that to happen again immediately. But it's understandable because of the length of time and what the city did to embrace it, how you could see them kind of sleepwalking through the following season. Right. And when you talk about those extensions, now every one of those guys thinks they're the greatest thing ever and that, that when the Cubs came and, and said, hey, we offered them – definitely what was fair market value it didn't really happen and 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 so these guys are thinking and i'm sure they have agents and everyone telling them you're the best hold out this and that i know for a fact guys like addison russell were offered contracts and and no way they you know why would you sign a you know think about that rizzo extension right when he signed that it was 2013 20 I want to say like 2013, he signs an extension and then when you look at it later you're like oh that wasn't the greatest deal compared to what i'm producing okay and so all these guys think that they're about, you know, no, I'm about to blow up and I'm going to be big, all of them. And, and, and they're not going to be sitting there signing these extensions. And then the one thing that Jed mentioned, obviously, is that with Chris Bryant, they had the grievance that was going on. Remember, that took forever. forever. I think it took to get settled. And so you had that going on. So you're going to try to, you know, get an extension signed while that grievance is happening. That was tough. You know, he brought up that, you know, with Javi, they deep in discussions and then COVID hit and he wonders, say, he said, hey, if COVID would have happened a week later, the deal may have been done. You know what I mean? And, and once once COVID happened and they came back and, and, you know, cuts were ordered to be made, then that same deal was not on the table anymore for Javi. The one thing, though, that Jed kind of talked about that he really regrets is, is that the deal with Rizzo and. Jed kind of said that he learned that he doesn't want to negotiate during spring training. You want to do it before spring training? Fine. But he he said that they negotiated deep into spring training. It fell apart. He wouldn't do that again. He remembered that like when they came back to Chicago, you know, that's what the first thing the media is talking about in the first press conference Rizzo is having is about the failed extension and just not the way that he wants to start things. Right, um, sets a bad tone. Right, it puts everybody on tilt a little bit. Not the way you want to start a new season, that's for sure. And I'll and I'll tell you something, uh, Dustin. I'm thinking here a little bit because obviously we've talked about the concept of extensions for Nico, and um, for Ian Happ. And so, based on what Jed said in this interview, you know, you're you're talking that pitchers and catchers. There's a lot of players already there. Say a Suzuki's already there. I thought you'd like to know that. 
uh, from the interview that Jed gave, Cody Bellinger's been there since day one of signing with the Cubs. He's been out in Mesa. Uh, Matt Mervis is out there. PCA's out there. You know, a lot, a lot of uh, prospects are out there. A lot of veterans are out there. Not everybody's out there. They don't have to report yet. Um, ben Brown, if you listen to our interview with him, which if you didn't go back and listen to that, he's been out there since November. So the Cubs have kept a lot of their coaches out in Arizona. And so it's, it's to me, one of those things that you take a look at if, 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 you know, that, that, you know, spring training starts, does that mean no deal, no extensions for Ian or Nico? Yeah. You got to wonder if he's going to, I mean, now he's on record of saying it, right? It's, it's one thing to, to think that that's a possibility. But then when you go on a podcast and people listen to it, people ingest it and then people transcribe and people tweet. I mean, it's out there. Right. right? And so, yes, it's definitely something that uh, we're going to have to keep an eye on. And uh, I I agree. I I think try to get the business done before opening day. And after that, try to put it on hold and and uh, pick it up later on. Right. Or even again, his deadline is spring training starting. So, I mean, we'll see. But, you know, obviously it's going to be different for everybody. And if you're really close to a deal, you don't want to, you know, kind of shut it down. But Jed said the overriding thing he learned from the 2016 team not repeating is that you have to adapt when you're on top. And what he says is there's human nature that once you get to the top, sometimes you just want to relax and enjoy the view. But Jed said he felt that that was the moment that you have to get back to work. And he said the team chemistry is the fleetingest of things. After the offseason, the team that came back is obviously different. We, you know, we talked about Dexter Fowler on the last show leaving to go to St. Louis and some of those things, uh, uh, David Ross retiring. A lot of those guys came back, but it wasn't the same team. And so you cannot bottle up the magic and you need to make changes and move forward. And so he said that the, the, the front office didn't adapt fast enough or make enough changes to the core group of players. So his biggest takeaway from 2016 is that you got to be changing. You got to make changes and you can't stay stubborn to what you did before, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Let's hope that he gets put in a situation where he has to, uh, um, you know, enact these things that he learned. Let's hope we're in that situation uh, again in the not-too-distant future. But, yeah, I, I mean, it, it makes sense, but it's hard. When you when you accomplish something like they did, it's hard to not bring everybody back. You see that in sports all the time. They bring everybody back, and some of these guys aren't uh, – they, they, they left it all out on the field, if you will. That was as good as they were ever going to get. It resulted in the ultimate goal, which was the championship. Uh, but then you got to kind of cut your losses. Right. And now interesting because it, this podcast was taking place with Jed talking to two New York beat writers. And they brought up that two of the big trades that were made were with New York teams, Javi for PCA with the Mets and Rizzo for Kevin Alcantara. And it's kind of funny now because Jed says, look, I've been on both sides of this, right? You remember when they're, when they're trying to make that run, when the Cubs are trying to make that run and they're in desperate need of pitching, you traded Glabar Torres to get Araldis Chapman to put you over the top, and that worked out. You traded Eloy and uh, Dylan Cease for Jose Quintana. That one didn't work out. So it was interesting because he said, you know, when you have a window, that's why you have those prospects is to trade them to get what you need to win championships. So when it comes to that Glabar Torres deal, you know, that Glabar Torres for Araldis Chapman, I don't think there's any Cub fan that really regrets making that deal because you don't win the World Series without Chapman. But at the same time, if you bust, if you don't win it, and now you take a look at, you know, oh, we got Jose Quintana and we gave up Dylan Cease, who could be potentially the Cy Young Award winner this year, and Eloy Jimenez, 
that's tough. If they would have won a championship with Jose Quintana on that team, or even if they made another World Series, because I don't think I don't know if they make it to the postseason in 2017 without the Quintana trade. I know it didn't end up like people wanted it to, but I don't think you make it to the postseason. So I think if the Cubs would have made another World Series, and of course if they would have won it, then I don't think you look as, as badly at the Jose Quintana for and Jimenez deal as you do now, but you, you got to win. And so it's going to be interesting with the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees, you had, you know, you got Kevin Alcantara, who's going to be amazing. And then the other deal was the uh, Hayden Wesniski. So that's two phenomenal prospects that, that Jed was able to get from Brian Cashman because they're trying to make a run. The Yankees are right there and the Cubs are the ones that kind of get to sit there and, you know, in the driver's seat on these things. Right, and that's the beauty of it, right? That's the beauty of the trade deadline. That's how teams. That's why. That's why Crowley, your point a few minutes ago about you know the number of World Series that teams have won, despite the fact that they've had sustained success in the Dodgers and the Astros, right? Um, right. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Those right now, the Cubs look like they're on the the front end of those trades. There is uh, there is no doubt about that. And something that uh, John Heyman has said many times, he is a regular on the Mully and Haw show, is. Uh, you know, being critical of payroll. So let's talk about what uh, they talked to Jed about as far as uh, Jed being able to spend, I guess, Tom Ricketts' money. Yeah, you know, payroll was down the last few years, and Jed and Tom, uh, you know, they said what John Heyman said, you guys took a lot of arrows. And Jed said, look, he knew when he took the job, right? Remember, Theo leaves a year early. So Theo knows that their payroll's getting cut big time now at this point. And he felt that it was better that if, since he's not moving forward, he shouldn't be the one making the, the tough decisions, right? Because whoever's next after him has to live with that. And I, I didn't have a problem with Theo leaving a year early. And, I, you know, it made sense to me. Like, look, man, I, I, don't, I don't want to – it's not my place. The next guy that has to do it should be the one that has to make the decisions, whether to keep Rizzo, not keep Rizzo, Brian, Baez – so you don't want to saddle the next guy with a giant contract and you don't want to, you don't want to let everybody walk if you don't have to. So uh, at this point right now here, I'm just kind of looking at this and saying to myself with, with that payroll, uh, it was interesting because Jed said he knew after the Darvish trade that they would probably have to make midseason trades to bolster the farm system. So that for all of us, we all knew it, but that, that trade of you Darvish, nobody trades an ace when they're trying to legitimately Right, that was the domino. The that, that, was, that, that was the first domino to fall. It went, and, and it was pretty obvious to, to know what was going to um, – what was going to happen after that? But again, like that—that's when you talk about the thousands of hours, Crowley. We talked about the thousands of hours spent thinking, "What if? What if? What if?" And and that's going to be the one. It's the Quintana. Like you should have known that you were just not going to be good enough to win it again in 2017. It just wasn't there. Everybody was exhausted. They were out of gap. As I said, it was a it was a hangover year. And they were, they were so talented that they were able to just go through the motions and put themselves in a position to get back to the postseason. But they were not going to win that thing that year. Definitely not with Jose Quintana. But, but, but let's look at it this way, Dustin. Is that, hey, you know, is that take a look at what the Phillies were for most of the season. They were okay. They weren't great. The, 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 what Jed and Theo have always believed in is you got to get in the postseason and then anything can happen. Anything can happen, right. And, and so, you know, I, I, I don't think they make the postseason without Jose Quintana. I think there were other factors that made Jose Quintana a less effective pitcher than he actually should have been, talking about juice balls and stuff like that at the time. I, I would say that you, there was a lot of funkiness. I don't know if you remember this, Dustin, but the Cubs, 
I, I feel like they beat the, uh, it was the Cubs and the Nationals in the NLDS in 2017. And, and you remember the, the famous Muhammad Ali, the, the rumble in the jungle where, you know, where you, you have that, this epic boxing match and neither guy was the same after the fight was over. I think it was kind of the same thing that the Cubs and the uh, Nationals beat the crap out of each other in that NLDS. That went five games and that had a crazy ending. And if you and and so if you kind of remember that, it, it was really I think that LA, the Dodgers, was the team that the Cubs played in the NLCS second time in a row in 2017. I think that the Cubs were exhausted not just from the previous season, but they played a hard series against a very very good Nationals team that had uh, Mac, you know, Max Scherzer was on there. Uh, you had Steven Strasburg, Anthony Rendon, Bryce Harper. You had some great great talent. And, 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 and the Dodgers just walked right into the NLCS nice and rested. And then, again, don't want to blame Quintana, but if you remember, the trip to Washington, they're going back to – or they're going from – they play game five in Washington. They fly out to L.A. They flew everybody on one jet. The, usually, like, it's the players. The team is just on one jet. And then, like, you know, everybody else kind of comes on a different plane. But they were all on one plane together. And I think it was Jose Quintana's wife had some sort of medical issue, and they had to land the plane – I forget where I want to say in Nevada. And so they're stuck in Nevada. They got to play the next night in LA. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, they're delayed and they're stuck in Nevada and they didn't get in until real late. And it just, it just, that whole NLCS started on the wrong note, I think. And, and so I, you don't know. I mean, it's easy now to say, well, you shouldn't have done this. Shouldn't have done that. You, you needed another starter. John Lackey was absolutely just had nothing left anymore. At that point, his career was toast. Uh, you did. You needed another pitcher, and Quintana uh, looked like the right thing. I don't regret the move at the time; it just didn't pay off. And I think when Jed was talking here, and 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 you know he was talking about the need to kind of improve. He says great teams, great farce systems, like the Dodgers, like the Braves, right? They churn out players all the time, and so that makes the the off season much simpler. Whereas this off season, you needed to replace pretty much most of your infield and your center fielder, right? And, and so if you have players that can just step into those roles, it's not as big of a deal. Um, he says that the Cubs, and I thought this was interesting, he believes the Cubs are on the front edge of a very good run of success. And so that, to me, spoke volumes because I've been saying that, and we've been inviting a lot of these young guys on Fly the W because I truly believe they are. It's right there. These guys are bubbling up. I think this, is, this year, 2020 three is going to be the year that you really start to see some of the flashes of talent that come. And then 2024 is when these guys are going to break the door down in my, let's hope so Crowley. 